0: are back! Happy Friday, ladies and gentlemen! This is Robert B. Foster here with episode number 232 of Shut Up and Grind with your host, me. And yes, I wear tank tops in all of my videos, so if that throws you off, that's the you thing, it's not a me thing. That's just how I roll. So if you're new to the show, we're all about overcoming obstacles. We're about defying the odds, and I bring guests from all over the world with six, con- con- uh, six <laughs> what the hell are they called? I almost said consonants six continents. At some point, I'm going to get somebody from Antarctica. There's got to be somebody down there with an internet connection that I can get on this show. And if you're joining me over on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel, like the video. If you're joining me on Facebook, please like and share. And let's get into it. So I titled today, What Would Your Life Be Like? And then the guest that I'm going to bring on found myself another health and fitness nut. So this is going to be a great conversation. But what would your life be like if you stopped making up stories about why you can't get healthy? That's what we're going to discuss today. So helping me have the conversation is Lisa Peronzo.
1: I'm good. Peronzo,
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, I probably have about a solid 30 episodes. Where I forgot to ask people how to pronounce the names, <laughs> and, so, okay. and so it gets to the part, and it's like, oh crap! It's like, I, let me just wing it.
1: You're <laughs> like, uh, I think this is. Oh yeah, that's bad when they mispronounce the name, and then you're like, yes.
0: <laughs> so, I'm like, bring in Michael. What's we'll just call? him Michael. Michael. What's your yeah. last name? <laughs> First name. We're good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So, where are you joining us from?
1: I'm in San Diego.
0: San Diego. Nice. Yeah. Born and raised. Yes. Okay.
1: I am a native. It's hard to find natives in San Diego anymore. Okay.
0: I was actually supposed to go to San Diego next week. Actually. Oh, really? Yeah. The uh, the the uh U.S. transplant games is happening over there. Oh, cool. Yeah, I was supposed to go and compete, and I hurt my groin back in February, and this thing is still not 100%.
1: I will tell you, I had a groin injury over COVID, and that stuff took forever. That was a hard yes. one.
0: Yes. It just lingers, lingers, lingers. So it's like, I'm still able to be active, but the way my competitive mind is set up, uh, like I know if I go, I'm going to end up competing and I'm going to end up going hard <laughs> and then I'm going to end up hurting myself again. So you
1: got to do that trigger release. Talk to me. Or, uh, this was what helped mine like a ton. There's a trigger release I've, gosh, this is when my anatomy training comes into play. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like right inside of your ASIS and your iliacus, if you can find that spot and release it, it will help the groin over time. It's going to
0: hurt though at first. Uh, I, I mean, can deal with pain to feel better. I have no problems with that. Yeah. But
1: after a <laughs> while, then you're like, okay. Or if you can find the like specific groin muscle where it inserts like into your pelvis, yeah. you can trigger point release it.
0: Okay. All right. I'm going to have to look into that. So were you you always into health and fitness?
1: No, I actually wasn't. I, (laughs) You're like, I'm going to go compete. And I'm like, I'm the least competitive person you'll ever meet. (laughs) (laughs) Dance (laughs) fun games are cool, though. I I have questions, but we'll get back to that. Um, I was not into fitness at all growing up. I was not into working out. I used working out as a means to facilitate other activities. So I actually grew up playing music. I had the intention of being a studio musician when I graduated high school. I wanted to go to college for music. That ended up not happening. But I would use fitness as a means to, like, propel my lung capacity, my endurance, and my stamina to be able to play for a longer period. right? So I ended up not doing that. And I went into ROTC with the Army. And... I was maybe, I was 19, so I was going into, like, my spring semester of my sophomore year of college, and I ended up getting hurt on a training exercise. I shattered, fractured, and dislocated my right foot,
0: Wow!
1: and I didn't walk for, like, a year, Uh, so you were talking about the transplant stuff, and now I'm, like, curious (laughs) what your transplant stuff is. I don't have a transplant, but I did get a bone marrow donation.
0: Okay. Yeah, uh, that, that counts. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't
1: realize it back then, you know, as like the young, like 19, 20 year old person. Mm. But it did propel me into becoming an organ donor for sure. Cause I was like, well, if I hadn't have been, you know, for the tragic just tragic loss of like that person who had that little sticker on their driver's license, I wouldn't have been able to match with their bone marrow to be able to rebuild my foot. Exactly.
0: Yeah, no, I donated a kidney to my sister in 2011.
1: Oh, that's phenomenal. And,
0: and so thank you. And I heard about the transplant games because my my now late cousin, she had a couple kidney kidney transplants and she would always compete in this transplant games. And this is another example of life coming full circle because I had, I had Olympic dreams myself in the early 90s and I, I ended up hurting my knee. It's like, I, I battled back, made it to the nationals, but then I hurt myself again, and so ah. that that dream was kind of dashed. But then once my sister got got sick, because like I'm a silver lining kind of guy, yeah. and so I was like, all right, you know, I'll I'll undergo the surgery. That's like. <gasps> I can compete in the transplant games now. I was like, it's not quite the Olympics, but I'm still competing from with people all over the country, representing yeah. Team New England. I just went into this whole thing. That's how my competitive mind works. I love that. Though. Yeah, so I competed yeah. in it twice. So this would have been my third one. The World Transplant Games was supposed to be in Houston, Texas, last year. Okay. But, but it's such it's such a high-risk population, you know, with, with COVID still still lingering, they canceled it because next Next year, it's in Australia, and I don't oh, think I don't think great. I want to travel that far. <laughs> that's so. a long plane ride. I don't know yeah, that so. I would
1: want to travel that far, but
0: yeah, fair. I was like Houston. I was like, sweet, it's actually I can actually compete on the world stage in our country. It's like that's that's cool. great. And then COVID said no. <laughs>
1: yeah, <not> COVID. <laughs> yep. yeah, so that was that was how I found fitness, in the way that I know it now was from getting hurt. And what happened was I started approaching fitness more from the standpoint of like, what did I want the quality of my life to be? Yes. Because I was so young when I got hurt. I was 19 when I got hurt. So by the time I had had all the surgeries and done all the rehab, you know, I was like 20, 21 years old. Yes. Didn't go through that phase of time where you think you're invincible. That did not happen to me at (laughs) all. I knew I was not. But I also knew that living a healthy lifestyle and fitness being a component to that was going to be a huge priority in my life. And I didn't even find fitness as like a full-time hustle at that point. I finished my degree. I went into corporate America. I absolutely hated it. The passion of a thousand fires, it did not light me up at all. And I always had fitness as like the side hustle. It started in the CrossFit industry back when it was not a thing at all. (laughs) I got certified to train CrossFit. And then I started working on other certifications and I was getting certified to train Pilates. And my husband was like, why don't you just quit your job and just do this full time? And he put that idea in my head and he was like, I just it out, figure out how long it would take you to start pulling a profit when you start teaching classes. So I sat down, I did all, I did all the math. I figured out how long it was going to take. And then I put my resignation in with my work. And then I told everybody I was leaving and I didn't have a job lined up when I left. Cause I just had faith that it would turn out and it
0: did. See, and I feel like a lot of us start that way. I mean, my audience has heard my story a a thousand times. I'll just give you the abridged version, but very similar I started mine in the spare bedroom of my house <laughs> and, I, and I tell people like that's the power of marketing the end result. right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I know it's shifting gears off topic quickly, but it's like, I always tell, tell people like newer, newer coaches, like I'm actually training a new trainer while well, onboarding a new trainer now at my gym. And I, I tell them like, when you do tours, you're not selling the facility. You're not selling the machines. You're selling what they want. Yep. You know, like I feel a lot of people struggle in fitness and I want to get your take on this as well is because they, they don't know what they want. And a quick case in point, like, so I'm I'm the fitness director of an anytime fitness here in Rhode Island. And, and plus I have my own thing as well. And so with the anytime fitness model, everyone that comes in gets assigned a coach. You know and and people mostly men are not really receptive to that. So this this guy comes in. He, he's probably I'd say mid to late twenties, and so I'm telling him about the coaching. And he goes, Oh yeah, I just need I just need some some place to work out. I said, All right. So what what are your goals? He's he like, oh, I really don't have any. He said, then How are you gonna know what to do out there? <laughs> you know. So, I said, So you think you're good to go without the guidance of a lifelong athlete, a 12 year Fitness trainer with a solid following. You can't benefit from any of that. <laughs> you know, so, so he's like, "You put it that way, you know." So I am able to get them to get him set up. But now, in and, and your travels, when you ask people the question, like, "So what do you want to accomplish?" Like, do people struggle answering that question?
1: Most of the time, it's weight loss related. Yeah, but that's never the re- that's never the reason, right? It's nope. always something deeper than that. Yes. I train predominantly women. So most of the time that's what I hear, or I'm hearing that they want to have a consistent workout routine. That's been the trend as of late. Yes. Especially like with COVID and stuff reopening and life kind of like going back to whatever normal was or is, or who knows anymore. It's how do I get back into this like consistent workout routine? Because when we were on lockdown, it was super consistent because I could roll into my zoom meeting sweaty But now I need to take into account that like the kids need to be somewhere. I need to be showered. I need to be in work clothes. I got to commute. I have all this stuff going on. And Like, how do I make that happen? And for me, it was the launch of a healthful life, which is my company. So I train out of a brick and mortar too. I train out of my house and then I have my private coaching company, which is a healthful life. It is helping them create that consistency based off of whatever they're already doing with their workout routine. Yes. And a lot of that is like getting really deep into the weeds and figuring out why they're doing it in the first place and then also what's holding them back. So there's always something. Yeah. My first ever business coach was like, You should never talk about mindset when it comes to working out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> that's, all that this,
1: that's all that this is. Like,
0: if, if I hope you fired him. <laughs> or,
1: you're not together anymore, Robert. Uh, <laughs> if you don't have your head right with it, it's not going to work out. I mean, you and I have similar durations in this industry. So we've seen it time and time again, right? Yes. If you tell yourself you can't, you can't. Yep. Immediately.
0: It's so true. It, it, it's a battle I have every single day. And in every consultation, I, I make it clear what, what the expectations are. I'm like, if you are not ready to make this happen don't join it's like i I discourage people from from joining like just don't do it it's like you have to be ready like you know how people always say you gotta find your why i always say everybody knows why like they know why they're just not acting on the why i said you gotta find your have to i'm like why do you why do you go to work every day like well because i'm passionate no no no. don't give me that why do you go to work because you have to (laughs) whether you have a headache whether you didn't sleep enough it doesn't matter if your kid came in your room at four in the morning, it doesn't matter. you still have to go to work. Mm-hmm. you have you have to find a part of your why that fuels your have to like right. once you reach that point, you will you will transform.
1: Well, yeah, because with fitness the, the like superficial why is easy because yeah. we know that we need to be healthy and working out is a component of being healthy. Yes, that's not the why though that's not the deeper line reason as to why you're doing it. So when I started training like group classes and then going more into that individual, what I would tell my clients is this is the safe space for you to try things and fail for you to learn that it's not actually a failure. It's a launching pad. It's that start point for wherever you need to go. But it is also the place where you are not allowed to say, I can't.
0: Yes, yeah, banned, banned in my gym. Yep.
1: Because that's that's not helpful to you at all. There's no I can't. You need to reassess the problem.
0: Yep. Right. You
1: got to come at it from a different angle. These right. like complex exercises that I teach and stuff. If they're not working out, there is a way to break them down. There's a way to progress into them. There's a way to look at it in a different way to make you be successful in that overall exercise. Or or if it's well, I can't do that because of injury. Oh, boo-boo. Don't come at me with the injury talk.
0: <laughs>
1: don't come at me because I got all the I mean, the foot was one of many. Yes. And if you are a lifelong athlete like you and I are, you are going to get hurt. It is not a matter of if, if it is a matter of when.
0: I've had seven surgeries, so I feel you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I'm still and I'm still competing. I wouldn't say at an elite level, but I'm at a high level still at almost 48.
1: That's fantastic, though. But see, that's the thing is like, you find a way around it. Yes. Because yeah. you know for you why you're doing it in the first place.
0: Yes. Yes. And, and I'm sure you hear this a lot getting back to injuries. Someone hurts their wrist. And they're like, Oh, doctor, said I can't work out for six weeks. I'm like, what's that gonna do with the rest of your body? Work. I was there like, we. Yeah, it's like okay, so we won't stress your wrist for six weeks. That's got nothing to do yeah. with your legs, with your abs, with your glutes. Like, it doesn't have anything to do with any of that other stuff. <laughs> I'm
1: literally like, <laughs> cool. So you can't plank on your hands.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah, I had a woman had uh, she had knee surgery. And so she said the same thing. I'm like, uh-uh, come, come in here. You'll All sit right. your butt in a chair, and we'll still do battle robes, and we'll still slam the medicine balls. We'll do dumbbells. We'll do kettlebells. Like, There's so much you can do without right. putting an ounce of stress on that knee.
1: Right? I was on bed rest for the better part of a year, and I was lifting dumbbells in that bed. Yep, exactly. Exactly. I mean, that was out of pure frustration and anger, let's be honest. But hey, I was still doing it. Yeah. And as soon as my doctor bless her heart, she's the tiniest, most terrifying woman on the planet. I love her. But as soon as she was like, Hey, you can start doing low impact stuff. I started swimming. That was what I knew. That was like my go-to modality of fitness still is. I love to swim. That was what I did. It improved the flexion and extension of my ankle that got a little bit compromised because of like the injury and stuff but it was low impact. I could get my heart rate up. I could start gaining my strength back so that when she was like, hey, yeah, you can start lifting weights again. I felt more prepared to start doing that.
0: Love it. So let, let's circle back on the mindset talk again. So now I'm pretty abrasive. You know, again, the name of the show is Shut Up and Grind. <laughs> so that that in itself tells you that that's a reflection of my personality, right? So, so I'm a little abrasive. How do you, <clears throat> excuse me, how do you handle people that are just stuck in that negative mindset? Like what's your process for stepping them out of it?
1: My first thing I made that, you know, when you go, as you grow as a trainer and instructor or whatever, you, you learn so much about yourself. I really feel like my clients teach me a lot. And when I really, when I first, first started out teaching group classes, when I left corporate America, I had this rule. I will only train my clients in the way that I train myself. I will not put them through anything that I don't put myself through first. My second rule was no one will ever be able to say that. I am mean, they can say that my workouts are hard, but they will not be able to say that I'm an a-hole yeah. ever. So when someone comes in and they're acting like that, it is for me. And I know that a lot of this comes with like experience and time. I'm sure you would agree with me on that. Yeah. It's being able to read that person. And to see like, how can I push that person? How can I motivate that person to a place of being successful? Because that's what I want people to walk out feeling is successful because that's what's going to draw them back for themselves. Not for me. This isn't for me. I do this because I love this. I would do this if my class had zero people or if it was full with a wait list, it doesn't matter. I'm doing it regardless. They need to do it regardless. And I feel like the way that they learn how to do it regardless is by showing themselves that they can. So I had a client come up to me one time. She was like, I don't understand how, like, you say the most motivating stuff when you train. And I was like, I don't remember what we talked about. when <laughs> you get into a session? You like black out a little bit?
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, told her, I was like, this, this is what it is for me. I get this. When the workout gets really, really hard for myself or when I'm training, I go into this like mentally visual place. Like I'm visualizing myself as a 19-year-old child, because at 19 you are a child, I'm sorry, not knowing whether or not we could find a doctor who could fix me, not knowing if I would ever walk again, not knowing what my career would be because I knew the army was gone not knowing how it was going to impact the relationships in my life, my intimate partner relationship at the time, my friendships at the time, literally being in a state of absolute chaos and being stuck to a bed and not being able to get out, to move the energy out because I was stuck in that bed. And I told her that. And she was like, Holy, you know, she started like cursing though. I'll say my cursing. No, it's okay. Go ahead. She was like, Holy shit. And I was like, That's what I envision when I'm training you and the motivational stuff starts coming out. Because if I can do that for me, you can do that for you. Because if you have gotten through one hard day, one, just one, and you have, you can get through five minutes of hard intervals.
0: I say that all the time. I'm like, you are a single mom of three. You can't hold a two-minute wall set. Shoot,
1: yeah, <laughs> on that Tabata girl. <laughs> that, that is truly how I feel. Like, none of this is going to own you unless you let it.
0: It's true, it's so true.
1: But, and I will add on to it that also means reframing your mindset when you walk away from a workout and it doesn't go the way you want it to go.
0: There it is.
1: You know what I'm saying? Because we are the first ones to be like, ah, crap. That was not cute. No, it wasn't cute. Working, <laughs> working out sucks. You are put, you are intentionally putting yourself in a place of vulnerability and discomfort. Who wants to do that? Yes. Me and you probably, <laughs> <laughs> right. You are make. you are putting yourself into a place of hard. If nothing else, even if the workout is a dumpster fire, you got to walk out of that being like, well, I did that. It wasn't cute, but I did that. And I did it. I did it. No one can take the finish line from you.
0: Yes. I want to, I want to touch on that word reframed Cause in, I, I swear every consultation I do, is just one big reframe session. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that's, that's all it is. Cause I don't even, I don't even take them through to see the facility until we've gotten to the heart of why they're there. And like we like like we said several minutes ago, you gotta go layers deep. So on my new my new trainer's on, I think it was her first or second day. I had a consultation, so she was sitting and listening to me do my thing. And before I was telling her, I was like, you know, you can't accept the first answers that they give you. Like those are not the real reasons. And like you said it too, one of the first things you hear is weight loss. I want to lose some weight how much weight you want to lose, and and, and they're they're so specific, like, I want to lose 33 pounds, I'm like, okay, well, okay, why 33, well, you know, because I just want to feel better, like, what does feel better mean, and I just expand, to like, get the real answer, so finally, the, the woman's like, I have three grandkids, and I don't want to be the fat old grandma, I was like, that's okay. why you're here. That's it. You know, it's like that's the real reason. So now, with that information, as coaches, we can use that when you're in class, or maybe you're texting me to say, "I don't know if I'm going to come in today." I said, "Your grandkids are always going to outrun you," and they're like, "Fuck, I'll be there." <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so it's like you got to get to the heart of what of what they're looking for. So, so in your sessions, how how do you utilize your sessions? to convey that message of like, your result is everything.
1: It literally depends on the client and what their goals are. Cause I, I am really, really fortunate to train a vast audience of people, you know, all the way up through like semi-pro athletes and teenagers and all that. So it, it really depends on what that goal is. Like one of my, one of my teenagers right now has some very specific goals related to the sport that they play that's cool. So every time we're in a hard interval and they're like, and I'm like, yo, no, but you're not going to get that dunk if you don't start moving. Yes. (laughs) Like really, you know, for one of my clients, um, they were talking about events that were coming up for the family this year and dropping weight to look good in the outfit for that event. But the way that it was framed when we were talking, it was like for everybody else's benefit, except for hers. And I go, why are you doing this for everybody else? Don't do this for everybody else. This is for you. This isn't for them. It can't be for them. Exactly. Right. Because if it's for them, all of a sudden it's going to be like, well, I have all this work stuff going on and like life is super busy. I can't make it today. Mm -hmm. Yes, you can. Because if you can spend 20 minutes scrolling through TikTok. Maybe I was guilty of that earlier today. It's fine. You go work out.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's true. And I always use the word train. It's like you're not working out. You're training. It's like training is ongoing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's ongoing. Like, again, with me and, you know, being almost 48, playing basketball with 20-somethings and doing pretty well. (laughs) You know, hanging out there. You know, (laughs) granted, you know the recovery is a little different than 20 years ago. It's like I can't play five straight hours like I used to, but I can give you one all-out game. Maybe I'll sit the second game. You know, do do all out again in the third game. But just being able to do that, I know if I don't train at some point, that's going to go away. But as long as I keep doing it, like I I had a, a consult yesterday with a woman. You know, ironically, she was. She's getting married next August. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry, she's getting married next August. And I told her, I don't do short-term training. I was like, so you got to give me so- something deeper than that. I was cool. like, so <laughs> so we-, we just started getting in- into just the personal things that she, that she doesn't like about herself. Because I told her, I said, that's, that's the real thing. Because at any time fitness, the group fitness floor is not big. I mean, where I teach my other classes, I get fit. I don't know, 80 people in there comfortably, believe it or not, like it's a it's an eleven thousand square foot facility. And so so I told her, I was like, it's a premium here. It says, you know, we cap our classes at eight. I said, so if you want one of these spots, I got I need to know what you're training for. Mm-hmm. You know, so like it almost makes them feel like you have to qualify to train here. <laughs> and so I
1: like that though, because it takes away that thought mm-hmm. of like the 30, 60, 90 day program. Yeah. I hate that in the fitness industry. Yeah. Because I think from a mindset, mental standpoint, it does a lot more harm than good. Oh, I'm just going to do this 30 day program. And then like, I'm set not for life. You're not.
0: Yeah. Exactly. You set
1: for 31 yeah. days, maybe yeah. 32. What happens after that? Like, oh, I'm just going to train until my wedding next year. And then what?
0: Yes. <laughs> I said those, that is, those exact words I said yesterday. It's like, so say, so you have your wedding, and then what?
1: And then what? <laughs> and then you fall off the face of the planet until you decide you want to have a baby, and then you're back?
0: Mm. No. True. It's true. See, and that was the heart of one of hers, is that she wants to get healthy enough to have a baby. And so, so I said, see that there, that. I'm like, you're not training you to for wedding.
1: enough to have the baby but then you need to get through the pregnancy, but then you need to get through the labor and the recovery. And then you need to be healthy enough to raise your kid.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: Welcome to your lifelong process.
0: Yep. And to teach your kid healthy habits.
1: Uh-huh. You no,
0: know, that's sure? the thing. Yep. It's like drive, drive me, drives me nuts to see just to see how, how kids are neglected now. You know, like it just drives me insane. And because, like, with my kids, you can go upstairs right now. There's not one ounce of junk food up there. Not one. And when we when we have stuff, there's no excess. Like, if they want ice cream, you know, there's six of us. I'll I'll find something that's got a six pack, <clears throat> six pack of Klondike, so we each get one done. <laughs> you know, so yeah. like there's no there's no overindulging.
1: Right. That was yeah. one of the best things that I taught my daughter. We intentionally. So I have a seven year old. Um, she now plays competitive soccer, which is like a whole mood, <laughs> not being a competitive person, but whatever. She loves it. <laughs> I don't care. She loves it. It's fine. It's It's fine. Um, but when she was a baby, I refused to give her sugar in like that form of refined white sugar. Yes, because her doctor and I had a really frank conversation and her doctor told me she was like, it's parents who create the sugar addiction. Exactly. So I didn't do it. I didn't do the like first birthday cake. That's like the fancy with the, sh- what, you know, that I didn't do anything like that. And what I've noticed over the years with her is, you know, now she'll like ask for stuff. She wants it. But if she's not hungry or if she's had her fill she'll stop. Like she will take a bite of a cookie and be like, Oh, I'm good. She'll also take, you know, if she tries something, she's like, I don't like it. She won't keep eating it Mm. with the candy, the cookie, the cake, all that.
0: Yeah.
1: So she has really good boundaries when it comes to that. And it baffles some people. And I'm like, this, this is just how she is.
0: Yeah. Like my, my twin, I have twin boys and, uh, They'll come up to me like, "All right, Dad, we were outside for like four hours today, you know, playing and running around. Like, can we please have pizza tonight? You know, so it's, it's so it's like they they correlate the two. They're like, you know, we were active, we were burning calories. Now, can we have pizza? All right, you put in all that work. Yes, you can. Yeah. You know, so like they they understand, and even for uh, I'm sure it's the same same for you. Like if I want something, I'm human, just like everyone else. I like Chinese food. I like pizza, and so if, if I know. Say my, my oldest daughter and I say if we want pizza or something, then we we grind. You know, we put the work in, we make sure we eat clean all day, and then we have pizza at night. And, you know, your, your fitness goals are not destroyed, but it's when we start stacking meals is where we run into issues.
1: You know what I like what you said with that, though, was you ate clean all day. Because what I, what bothers me when I train people, cause you know, food is a, a big aspect of like what I do with my private coaching, that relationship with food. Yes. Because to me, it is an, an intimate relationship. The one that you have with food for yes. everyone, not just women. Yeah. And what I, what bothers me is when someone is like, I starved myself all day to like earn the dinner.
0: Oh, yeah, that's foolish.
1: I don't let, you know, there is intermittent fasting and all that kind of stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking yeah. about intentionally not fueling your body. To eat junk. To eat <laughs> junk at the end of the day. And yeah. I absolutely, that drives me absolutely crazy because that is not a proper relationship with food.
0: Yes, at all. It's
1: Not going to fuel your recovery, and it's not going to give you the results that you want either.
0: Yeah, it's true.
1: You got to eat clean. I know,
0: and and pe- people act like it's such a big chore because it's really not. It's like you have to cook either way, <laughs> you know. So so it doesn't matter what you're cooking. You got to cook. There's,
1: there's so many of those like the delivery options now that where they yeah. give you your pre-made food. Where I don't adhere to that. That's not my jam. Yeah, But for some people who don't like to cook, that's a great option. True. Yeah. You know, we're so lucky that we have all that stuff now. I, we didn't have that growing up. That was not a thing. <laughs> no. It was like Lean Cuisines. And, and no, thank you.
0: <laughs> Lean Cuisines, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was it. <laughs>
1: you know, or like the, well, oh, healthy choice. And the green.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, healthy choices loaded with sodium
1: yeah like no i'm not doing that i like to cook Yeah, me too. I, but i came from a family who likes to cook and That's learning true. how to cook clean growing up because quite frankly we were not well off for money and it was easier to cook clean and not have those like indulgences with the popular name brands and stuff because those were more expensive Yeah. and now i get to pass that on to my daughter like no this is what we're eating tonight like so the other night she was like, I really want
0: salmon. And I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my oldest daughter loves salmon, salmon and, and tilapia, but, uh, but she really likes salmon.
1: Yeah, I, I was like, that's what it's about, man. The teacher that we can have our pizza on occasion because she does like some good pizza. But all the other nights during the week, that's not what we're having.
0: Yeah, it's like I tell my clients, I said, you can lose weight eating whatever you want. I said, you just have to be smart about it. You know, if you're smart about it, you can work anything into your meal plan. Mm-hmm. But like I said, you just, you know, you, you just can't have pancakes for breakfast, Chinese food for lunch, pizza for dinner and expect to lose weight. Like that, that's not going to happen. Right. But, but even bigger
1: would... than that, though, I feel like once you start getting into like, uh, working out consistently and then figuring out how your nutrition facilitates the workout you notice like oh I didn't I did not eat that well that like the workout the next day was a mess yes it was not as good as what it could have been
0: yeah because people have to understand too that food is really gasoline for our bodies you know like um, your cars cars can't run without gas like we can't run without food but food has become a luxury. You know, mm-hmm. like people eat for taste instead of for your bodily performance. You know, right. Like and well, that's okay
1: sometimes. That. Say, say that again? It's okay sometimes to do that, to eat for the food and to eat for the indulgence. And there are foods that they serve a comfort purpose, right? Yeah. But that can't be the, all the time.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, so I I tell, tell my peeps like 75, 25, 70, 30. I just said mm-hmm. you just have to want it more than you don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so like as long as you want it a little bit more, you, you're moving in the right direction. But and you have to have the
1: boundary with it, and maybe that if you don't have the boundary with it, maybe that means not having it in your house at all.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I'm blessed. I have two supermarkets within three three minutes from me, so I literally shop every day. So, like when I tell you, I have no excess food. I mean, there might be eggs and stuff like that, but, like, I don't just have excess food because I just shop for what I need for each meal period.
1: Yeah, See, I do the same thing, but I do that once a week. And then what I am more, like, intentional behind is having snacks, like the extra snacks, so that I know I'm not going to go and grab, like, the crap food or just not eat at all because neither serve me. So I know that I need to have those options readily available. So I'll have that in extra.
0: Say that sentence again. Starting with with neither.
1: That oh that um the starving myself or eating the crap like neither one of those serves me. Neither one of those is going to help my athletic performance. Neither one of those is going to help my game. Like the goals that I have for myself when it comes to my work.
0: That right there is the number one thing that we teach people. It's like, is that gonna be of any benefit to you? Like mm-hmm. if it's not, then you have to stop. Like mm-hmm. if you can't stop, you don't want your goal bad enough. It's that simple. Like mm-hmm. there's no there's no magic explanation here. You know, like I said, I work on so I'm competing in a different track meet next next Saturday. I've been working on my discus form since January. <laughs> right? For seven solid months. Working on the step, the turn, because with I've had three three knee surgeries. I remember I told you I tweaked my groin, so so I'm not gonna do. I usually do the high jump, long jump, 100, 200 discus. So I'm just gonna do the high jump and the discus. I'm gonna forego the ones that are gonna be higher impacts. I don't want to re-aggravate it again. Now that we're seven, almost eight months later, I don't want to re-aggravate it. But but anyway, but I'm just working on little details for the last few months, and everyone's like aren't you not competing for like another half year? I said, yeah, but I don't compete to compete. I compete to win. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so like that fuels my actions because I'm dialed in on what I want the end result to be. And in fitness, when people give those vague goals, I just want to be healthier. I just want to lose some weight. It's like, that's that's not... I said, you can, if you're not drinking enough water today and you drink enough water tomorrow, you're technically healthier. Yep, that's true. <laughs> you know, so... Talk about your your programs and what you do, how people can find you, all that good stuff.
1: The easiest (laughs) thing to find me is my website, which is www.ahealthfullife.org, which is a mouthful. (laughs) (laughs) I am also on Instagram, at Lisa Pranzo. I'm on TikTok, at Lisa Pranzo as well. So you can check me out on any of those. You can DM me on any of those, or you can reach out through the website. You know, the website's now that, like, all links back to one another. So (laughs) we're good either way. All those
0: links are in the description too, but then
1: Yeah, that too. I'm like, oh yeah, (laughs) show notes. Uh, The other thing that I will be giving to you for your audience is a free workout guide. So the intention behind this workout guide is for you to be able to find fitness out of your home for when the chaos of your day gets the best of you. But now, Robert and I well understand this, guys. You got to put my, I got to put my trainer hat on. If you have entry limitation, obstacle, whatever, if you go into an exercise, if it doesn't feel right for you, if you want to level up and you don't know how, that's when you reach out and start a conversation, and that's when we need to start talking. Because the purpose of why I do everything that I do is for you to see results. And if you're doing it wrong, you're not going to get the results. Exactly. <laughs> you don't know how? You're not going to get the
0: results. <laughs> I'm at your
1: disposal. Take advantage of it.
0: Absolutely. All right. So I'm going to put you on the spot real real quick. We're going to paint a scenario. There's someone listening to this right now that knows that they need to start a fitness program. They're afraid to take the first steps. Say what you would say to help get that person off the couch.
1: I was going to piss them off. There is never <laughs> a good time to start. If you are waiting for the planets to magically align, if you are waiting for your life To become less chaotic. If you are waiting for more time in your day, it is never gonna happen for you. You have to start before you're ready. You have to start before you think you should. And one step forward is still a step forward.
0: Love it. Well done. So, thank you very much. That is our time for today. So this is a great conversation, as I knew it was going to be. So I think we both dropped a lot of solid golden nuggets here. And um, so we're going to say goodbye, but don't log, log off yet, because I, I want to talk to you once I'm done with my, my ending spiel. Cool. <laughs> all right. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> all right. So what, one of the biggest takeaways I got there, was especially towards the end, is that there's no good time to start. And in reality, right now is all you have. Tomorrow's not guaranteed to anybody. So if you're feeling bad about yourself for any reason, start taking action. The sooner you start, the sooner you're going to get to where it is that you want to be. And so Lisa's contact information is in the description. And if you want to you know, check out her sites, check out her so- social medias, give her a follow. And even the people that follow me for fitness, I always say I've never claimed to know everything about everything. If you can pick up some golden nuggets from her, by all means, go ahead and do it. All right, because I am here to help other people get healthier, to stay to stay inspired, and to find their determination. So bringing on other fitness professionals, if that helps get you where you want to be, that's what I'm going to do. Because I am here for you that is it have a great day
1: you've been listening to shut up and grind